Good morning, everyone. We are so glad that you're here to worship with us. Uh, would you write something in the comments so that we know who's with us this morning? I have some great announcements this morning. Pastor Sam is uh, starting a Daniel Bible study. It starts this Wednesday at 6 p.m. online. It's going to be awesome. And uh, also, youth and kids on Wednesday nights are back. Um, so you want to check that out and send them here. They're going to have a great time. Next Sunday at 5 p.m., we are going to have a prayer service for all of the healthcare professionals in our area. Uh, and also, we have these really awesome yard signs from our church that we will have available starting on the 6th. They say, thank you. We love our healthcare workers. Uh, and then it has our church on the bottom. So how awesome is that? You're going to want to get one of those. Um, we asked for a $5 donation. They're going to be uh, something really cool to have out in the community to let all the healthcare workers know that we love and care about them. And this is the last announcement that tonight from 5 to 6 in the portico, we are going to have drive-through communion. And Pastor Sam and I would love to see you there. So uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful uh, to be starting a new year. I pray that you will help um, each one of us just to connect uh, in new ways. We pray that uh, we will love our neighbors more than we have in the past. Um, and I pray right now that you'll calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
What a great way to kick off the new year and what, a, what an awesome opportunity to worship with you. And we are, even though not, we're not in the same room together, we are connected and we love you and it's a privilege and joy to be able to worship with you. I want to say a shout out to our praise band and thank you, Shannon, for coming in and filling in for us today. It's, it's always a blessing to get to worship with them, leading our worship. Uh, I want to thank you for your support of your church. And I want to ask for your continued uh, support of your church because giving is a response. It's a response from our hearts uh, because of what God has done for us. So, God has blessed us and we want to bless others. It's not too late for you to get a gift in for the children's home. If you meant to do that before the end of the year, uh, just send it in this week. We will make sure that uh, United Methodist Children's Home gets that support. Um, let's pray. Uh, your prayer requests are important to us. If you want to send us a prayer request through the comment section or through our email process, just um, please do that and we'll get it to our prayer team. We like to especially remember um, the families of Rita Brooks and Joan Hightower and Lita Taylor, uh, uh, some, some recent deaths that we've had in our church family. And uh, we have so, so many different needs that we have. 
So will you join me now as we go to the Lord in prayer? Father God, thank you for bringing us into another year. Thank you for the hope that we have in our hearts, Lord, as we think about the good things that you are doing in our lives and not just focusing on the bad. Lord, we pray for your guidance as we, we try to make our way into this brand new year. We pray for your strength and for your comfort for those who need it the most. We pray for your healing, Lord, for those who are struggling with health issues and for encouragement for those who are trying to be your hands and feet and trying to help bring healing to uh, our land. And Lord, as we give, we ask that you would take what we give and that you would bless it and that you would use it for your kingdom's glory. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Darkness flees 
ask you to grab a Bible wherever you are or follow along on the screen as we look at Matthew chapter 2 and read verses 1 through 12 together. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and we have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Judea, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, 
Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may go and pay him homage. When they heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that had been seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I was able to go to one of my favorite places in the world last Sunday and Monday for just a, a, a little personal retreat for planning and prayer. I was able to go to Camp Sumatanga. I know. Have you ever been there? If you have been to Camp Sumatanga, I want you to put something in the comments and let me know uh, what circumstances you went there. If it was elementary camp, put elementary camp. If it was something else, if it was your Emmaus Walk, put your Emmaus Walk number down there. It's a wonderful place. It is one of the one of the most special places that we have in our whole area. It's in the most, one of the most idyllic, beautiful settings that you've ever seen. I think it's just one of the best places that we have in the North Alabama Conference. And I also really believe with all my heart that we need to support Camp Sumatonga. So we are having a special Sumatonga Sunday in three weeks on January the 24th. And you're going to get to meet the new director of Camp Sumatonga, Reverend Tony Jones. And I know that you're going to love him. And I know that you're going to be generous. And we got to support our camp. So anyway, I went uh, last Sunday. And when I got to Camp Sumatonga, I, I had brought some books that I wanted to read. And I had some books that I had sat out on my desk for a while. And one of the books was called uh, Interrupted. And I grabbed this book when I went to Sumatonga because I thought, um, you know, 2020 was about like hearing an announcer saying, we have, we interrupt your regularly scheduled programming to bring you global pandemic, natural disasters, I don't know, movements for racial justice, and a presidential election. In other words, we interrupt your life to bring you 2020. That's kind of how it felt to me. Interrupted might just be a great one-word summary of the whole year. So I grabbed this book. In the first part of the book, I was reading when I first got to camp, and it described a movie a movie from way back in 1993 called A Perfect World. And in that movie, Kevin Costner plays this escaped convict named Butch. And Kevin Costner has this Weasley little guy named Terry who's his sidekick. And they're on the run. And in one scene, they're, uh, Butch and Terry have an argument. And at the end of the argument, Terry mumbles something under his breath. And Butch said, are you threatening me? And then Terry takes out a gun and cocks it and points it at Butch and, say, and, and says, that's not a threat, it's a fact. And then Kevin Costner goes, uh, in two seconds, I'm going to break your nose. And then 
uh, he punches him in the nose, grabs the gun from him, and said, uh, that was a threat. And he holds the gun up and said, that's a fact. And so, you know, the guy's nose is bleeding, and I don't know. It's just a classic scene. If you're a guy and you like movies like that, maybe you don't even like movies like that. It has Clint Eastwood in it. I didn't say that, but it does. There's a point to all this story, though, and the point is this. Sometimes we think that change is a threat, but it's not. It's a fact. Change is, is just a fact, and sometimes that fact punches us in the nose. It feels like we've just been punched in the face by change. And as I read that chapter in the book, I was thinking about that, and I had that concept on my mind and I decided to do something kind of crazy Pastor Andy I decided to hike up the mountain up to the chapel uh, which I don't know have you ever done that Uh, have you ever hiked up uh, Chandler Mountain back behind Sumatanga up to the chapel so I was thinking about that and I got halfway up and as I stopped and was panting for breath by the way um, I had like an epiphany and you know what epiphany is. Epiphany is, is when something is, is revealed to you. It's been there for a while, but you just didn't see it very clearly. And now all of a sudden it's like a light bulb comes on and you say, Aha, now, now I see. And here was my epiphany. It's all about change. It's just change and change that's built into God's plan. Not change that is in something strange. It's just change built into God's plan. I was looking around at the beautiful mountain and I was thinking, oh, it's wintertime and all the leaves are off the trees. It's change. The, it, it's, it, there's always change. And then I realized as I was like trying to slow my heartbeat down a little bit before I continued my hiking up there, I have changed. I have changed. I've hiked up that mountain I don't know how many times over the years. And I can't hike that mountain as quickly or as easily as I did when I was a young man. And I know that there will come a day that I can't hike up that mountain at all. My body is changing. And it's okay. It's okay. And here's something else. Something else I thought about. It is the height of ignorance to think that change won't happen in your life. That it all just applies to somebody else. It's not going to happen in your life. Because God has built change into his design of creation. God doesn't change. But God uses change to change us. Right? So it's the height of ignorance to think it just applies to everybody else. And it's also the height of arrogance to think that we can stop God's plan. Which brings us to King Herod and the wise men. The Magi come from the east and they come to King Herod and they say, Where is this child who has been born the king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and we have come to worship him. And see, the Magi observed the change. They observed the change in the sky. They saw the light, so to speak. Now, um, not everybody responds to seeing the light the same way. King Herod, how does he respond to change? Remember that I said that it is the height of ignorance to think that change won't happen or that it doesn't apply to you. 
And it is the height of arrogance to think that you can stop God's plan. Well, King Herod shows both ignorance and arrogance. He thinks of change as a threat. And it frightens him to death. He thinks of it as a threat and not a fact. He sees change as his enemy. So let's just kind of stop right here and think about change for a second. Do we really believe that change is a part of God's plan? I mean, do we really, can we not look at the seasons of the year and look and see how our children and our grandchildren are growing up and how our bodies change as they get older and Sometimes we see our friends and our family transition from this life into the next life. And we see even how the universe is still expanding all of these changes, part of God's plan. Can we just agree that change is a part of God's plan? Amen. Would you say amen to that? So if you can say amen to that, then, and change is a part of God's plan, then change is not the enemy Changes our friend. Changes what God uses to change us. So there is a wise way to respond to change. Herod responded in a foolish way. The foolish way is to be like Herod and just be afraid of change and to think that change doesn't apply to you. Herod didn't think change applied to him because he was the king, right? He was just that arrogant. And Herod tried his best to stop God's plan First by trying to trick the Magi, right? And then by trying to kill all of the children around Bethlehem who were two years old and under. But the height of arrogance is to think you can stop God's plan. And Herod, for all of his evil plans and for all of his power that he had as king, couldn't stop God's plan. As a matter of fact, we see what happened to Herod in Matthew chapter 2 verse 19. In three words, it says, when Herod died. That's all it says. That's all it says, which is kind of curious to me. It's curious to me, Pastor Andy, because I'm a Bible nerd. And I want to know why they just gave him three words when he died. And I'm also a history nerd. And I I see in history where Josephus, who was a historian that wrote at the time of Jesus, writes that Herod had this spectacular horrible death he had this some kind of horrible disease that had convulsions and a horrible high fever and and all kinds of just painful ugly symptoms and it was I you know if they'd had a newspaper it would have been headlines but all Matthew says is when Herod died and you might think that a follower of Jesus a follower of Jesus who Jesus had been threatened by King Herod would have gone into more detail. I don't know, would have even maybe gloated some when Herod died, but he didn't say that. He just said when Herod died. And here's why I think this happened like this. It's because Herod, as powerful as he thought he was, couldn't stop God's plan. He was so afraid of change That he was willing to slaughter hundreds of innocent children to get his way. But when all was said and done, Herod just died. And the next guy took over. And that was it. Change. So there's a wise way to respond to change too. And the wise men, the magi, show us that. 
by doing these three things. One is they, they see the light. And what I mean by that is they observe it. They observe the star. They notice the change. The Magi were known for their skill in philosophy and medicine and science. They were also stargazers. And in ancient times, it was believed that when a sudden uh, appearance of a brilliant star came up in the sky, they believed that it was a sign of the birth of a king. And so what was the star? I don't know. People have speculated over the years that maybe it was, you know, Halley's Comet or something like that. And, but what's kind of interesting is that about that time in history, there was a brilliant conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter now, does that sound familiar to you? It should because it happened this year on December or last year on December the 21st. Saturn and Jupiter were so close together. Did you go out and look? They were so close together that you could have held up a finger in the sky and covered both of them. They haven't been that close together to the naked eye in 400 years. So what if, this is just kind of boggling my mind a little bit, but what if the Magi 2,000 years ago were observing the same phenomenon that we were observing in 2020? But the point is not what they observed as much as it is, is what that they observed. That they took time to notice. They were not too distracted to notice the change, the light that God was shining for them. And the real question is, will we be like the wise men? Will we pay attention to the light that God shines for us, the change? Will we notice it? Sometimes I think that we don't even notice things because we're so distracted that the light is shining. We just don't take time to notice it. So they saw the light, and then they seek the light because they're curious. They, they travel. They go to a great length to seek after this light and to understand it. They travel probably from Persia, which is maybe 800 miles so trip. Some have speculated that the wise men traveled as far away as from India or from the Orient, as in that song, We Three Kings of Orient Are. They pursue the light, they pursue what's behind this change. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Do you remember those words, Matthew 7, 7? If you take Jesus' words in, in Matthew 7, 7 and you factor in the tense of those words, it sounds like this, and this, this comes from the Amplified Bible. Keep on asking, and it will be given to you. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and it, the door will be opened to you. So, in other words, never stop asking. Never stop seeking. Never stop knocking. Stay curious about what God is doing, and the light God is shining, and the change God is helping to change us See where God is leading. That's what we learn from the Magi. That's the wise way to respond to change. And then they sell out to the light. You see, when the Magi got to the place where Jesus was, it says they were overwhelmed with joy. And they saw Jesus there and they saw Mary, his mom. 
It says in verse 11 that they knelt down and they worshipped him. They knelt down and it said, it literally says they fell down and they worshipped him. And then they opened their treasure chests and they offered him gold and frankincense and myrrh. So once they found the living light of the world, Jesus, they took time to worship. They took time to worship and they just gave him everything they had in their treasure chips. It was like they pushed all of their chips to the middle of the table and they said, we're all in. We're all in. As I said as before we received our, our offering, I said giving is a response. It's always a response. And in verse 12 it says, they went back home a different way. Now, they were warned in a dream, right, that they shouldn't go back and talk to King Herod. And it says they went talking about taking a different road back home. But I also think that they went home a different way being changed themselves. This experience changed them. I really believe that. Because that's just how God does. God uses change to change us. That's the epiphany of change. That's the light bulb that came on for me. Maybe it has for you. I know that change is hard. I'm not trying to downplay that. Change is, is painful. And I know that, that many of our friends and our family are, have gone through and are going through just difficult life changes. But I have a word of encouragement today. On December the 31st, I was doing my, my devotional. I've been doing the read through the Bible in a year devotional uh, in 2020 for my personal devotional. But I was coming to the end. So I was coming to the end of the Old Testament and to the end of the New Testament because I had readings in both. And two verses kind of stood out to me. On New Year's Eve before um, the close of the new year. And I want to share them with you in closing today. One was at the very end of the Old Testament in Malachi chapter 3 verse 6. And it says this. For I the Lord do not change. And then the other one is from the end of the New Testament. Revelation 21 5 says, and the one who is seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. So these two things held together in tension are going to help us get through all of the changes with both comfort and hope. These two things that God does not change and that God is always at work, always at work, making all things new, including us. Making all things right as we surrender to his will. Let's pray. Oh God, you are God and you never change. Thank you for that, Lord. Your mercy endures forever. You are always who you are. So help that to be our 
northern star to guide us as we go into an uncertain future. And help us also to understand that you are making all things new and including us. And that, Lord, we don't have to be afraid of change because you never change. Even when our whole world changes, you never change. And you always love us. And you are for us. So, Lord, help us to hold on to that. Help us, Lord, to observe the change, to see it and to seek it. And then once we find you, once we find your will for our lives to just completely sell out. In Jesus' name, amen.
And now as you go into 2021 with me, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ cover you. May the love of God the Father refresh you. And may the fellowship and encouragement of the Holy Spirit sustain you. Amen.